Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. I'm so excited to share this word with you right now. I believe it's a timely one and will minister the love of Jesus to you. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. God is good. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by the sight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ now there's one thing in the body of Christ that you'll notice and especially if you are going through Bible school or if you just hang around people that are saved there's a lot of people out there always looking for some kind of a title when you talk to people about the ministry you'll say well, what are you what are you called to do brother well I'm called to be an evangelist hallelujah or they don't say I'm called to be they say I am an evangelist what is an evangelist? An evangelist is somebody who spreads the good news, who does it for a, really for a living. That's what he does. That's what he's called to do. It's not a part-time thing. It's not something that you do by the by. Now, when I was at Bible school, I knew that God had called me to evangelize, but when people said, what are you? I said, I'm, I'm a student. I work for the Bible school, and I'm a student. I'm not, I, I mean, I know God's called me to be evangelist, and even when I was working in a secular job, you know, people say, are you called to the ministry? I said, yeah, God's called me to evangelize, but I'm not an evangelist right now because I'm not evangelizing. Everybody's always looking for some kind of a title. You know, they think that that title, it makes them real spiritual. I've seen pastors, I've seen evangelists, I've even seen prophets that don't amount to a hill of beans. It's not the name that's going to get you anywhere. It's the call of God in your life. It's not the title that we're looking for. <laughs> you see an apple tree growing in your yard and you get there and you say, what is that tree? I don't know what that tree is. That apple tree does not have a sign growing on the side that says, I'm an apple tree. But I'll tell you something, when the fruit of that apple tree becomes evident, you're going to look at the fruit and say, oh, that's an apple tree. Look at that. That's an, I didn't know there was an apple tree, but look at the fruit of that thing. That's an apple tree. And when you look at an evangelist or you look at a pastor, you can see the fruit that is on their life. It's got to be fruit. If you're an evangelist, you've got to, it's got to be some kind of fruit. I've heard people say, God's called me to evangelize. I'm an evangelist. I ask them, how many people are you getting saved? Oh, nobody. What are you waiting for? Oh, I'm just waiting till I finish Bible school, brother, and then I'm going to go out there and evangelize. Well, why don't you evangelize now? If God's called you to be an evangelist, go ahead and evangelize. Even at Bible school, tell people, even if you tell them one-on-one, -on -one, oh, no, God hasn't called me to do that. He's called me to speak to thousands. Huh. If you can't speak to one, I doubt you're ever going to get to speak to thousands. 
John 15 verse 16 says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whosoever shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you. So many times people get confused with the ministry and a job. The ministry is not a job, people. This is not a job. This is a way of life. A job is something that you work from 8 o'clock in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and you pack your briefcase and get out of there or do whatever, go home, and your whole lifestyle changes. Do you know what? When you're in the full-time ministry, this is it. When I get home, my lifestyle doesn't change. It stays the same. I'm with pastors. I'm on the phone calling churches. I'm talking to my office. I'm preparing messages. I'm speaking to my wife about the ministry. We're spending time in prayer. We're going straight into another meeting. We get home after that meeting. We're still drunk in the Holy Ghost. It continues till 2, 3 in the morning. This is a way of life. You know what? A pastor of a church can't quit his job at 5 o'clock. If he gets a call at 2 in the morning, guess what? He's got to sound real happy to hear whoever it is. <laughs> he can't say, I'm so sorry. This is after hours and, you know, I'm going to charge extra time. I mean, this is going to cost you, brother. You better up your tithe this month. If I'm coming out, you better increase your tithe at least by 2%. This is now 2 o'clock in the morning. You know. After 12 o'clock, it goes up higher, you know. <laughs> That'll be one way to keep the telephone calls from coming in. <laughs> but he can't do that. I mean, you can't just one minute you're a pastor, the next minute you're not. You either are or you aren't. Really, the, the ministry really is a supernatural divine call from God. God supernaturally calls people. And really, ministry, this is how you spell the word ministry. It's spelled W-O-R-K, work. That's how you spell ministry. Those that are not in the ministry probably won't understand. They look at preachers and see them standing up here preaching and think, oh, this is, this is easy, man. Any monkey can do that. Well, then why aren't you doing it? You know, it's easy to sit down and, and say, oh, yeah, we just get, oh, all he's doing is, you know, teaching twice a day. It's not so hard. <laughs> you know, this is only a portion. What you see in the meetings is only a portion of what the ministry is all about. There's so much behind the scenes that you don't even know about. Amen. And then when we leave here, there's things we've got to deal with and handle all the time. That's just, it's just a way of life. And it's wonderful. When God's called you to do what you're doing and you're in the right place at the right time, I'm telling you now, it is exciting to serve God. Let me say this, if you're, not, if you're not doing what God's called you to do, the ministry can be hell. I'm telling you now, hell. Because nothing's going to work out. Nothing's going to be as you thought it would be. People look at the ministry and say, oh, it's just wonderful. It's just so easy. It's a whole different ball game when you're not called. whole different ball game when you're not called. And when the Spirit of God's moving and the power of God's falling, handle the persecution. See how you can handle the persecution. Because there's persecution that goes with the moving of the Spirit of God. 
How many of you found that out? There's persecution that goes with the moving of the Spirit of God. And if you don't know that you're called, you are not going to handle that persecution. Charles Finney, he wrote this. He says, I get down and pray like it all depends on God. Then I get up and go like it all depends on me. The body of Christ, the ministry, there's no place in the ministry for lazy people. And so many people, when they look at the fivefold ministry, they don't understand that when God calls you, it's a way of life. It's not something you can put on and take off. This is the way you're going to live day in, day out. And it's work. It's going to be hard work. Can't sleep in late. Can't be lazy. Got to do. When God tells you to do something, you've got to do it. I tell you what, there's some mornings that I get up or some nights that I get off to the meeting and I stand in the, in the meeting and I say, oh, Jesus, I'm so tired. Physically, I'm whacked out of my tree. I mean, just totally bombed. And I get up in the podium and as I get in that podium and sing the first song or say the first couple of words, the power of God falls on me, energizes me, and then I have a buzz and then I'm on a bus till 2, 3, 4 in the morning. I mean, I'm never in bed before 2 in the morning, never. It's 3 o'clock, easily. And I'm up the next morning, and I'm fresh, and I'm ready to go. And that's just the way God's equipped me to do it. I mean, we just keep on going. We, I love what we're doing. And the only reason why I love it is because I know God's called us to do it. Amen. I don't care how many people we've got to pray for. I don't care how long it takes. I just know God's called us to do this, and I'm excited to do it. Amen. And that makes the difference. That makes the difference. You don't want to get into your ministry just thinking, well, I think God called me to do this. You don't wake up one morning, you know, like they do with that Folgers coffee advert, you know? <sighs> Instantly awake. Honey, you know, I had a dream last night, and I think God called me to pastor a church. You better not think, you better know, because if you're not called, you'll be dead before the year's out. People say, well, I'm not a success in business. Therefore, I'm going to go and try the ministry. Don't. Please don't, I beg of you. Because you'll be giving a whole lot of people a bash too. A lot of people get hurt in those situations, including yourself. People say, well, how do I know if I'm called of God? How do I know if God has really called me? The call of God is, is something that's very holy. And the call of God is something that burns down on the inside of your belly. You can do whatever you like. You can get on a boat and go to the very furthest point in this earth. You can get into any job, any position you want to. But that call will never leave you. It'll burn down on the inside of your belly. It'll eat and chew away at you. And I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I remember back in South Africa, I was involved with a very big church, very large church. We were home cell leaders and very much involved with the, the church itself. And uh, I used to work about 45 minutes to an hour away from my home. And I'd just get in the car every day and drive to work. And I'd cry like a baby, man. Yes, this big man, <laughs> driving down the road, crying, praying to God, saying, God, I know you've called me to the full-time ministry. I know you've got your hand upon our life, but I don't see anything. There's nothing happening. <clears throat> I don't even see a door. I mean, there's no light, even no light at the end of the tunnel. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
Man, and that thing just eats away at you. I mean, it just eats away at you. You get in. I used to get in my brother Rodney's meetings, and I want to just run out of the door and grab a hold of anything and pray for it. I mean, just do something. I mean, just get hold of the first blind person and pray for their dog. I mean, just anything. Just lay hands on anything. Why? Because that burning desire down in the inside of my heart, I mean, it just eat me up. It just eat me up. And that week of that particular time that this happened, my brother was in South Africa at the church we were at. But on the Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, I was driving to work, and I was, Mama, God was blessing us financially. Financially, I mean, we'd earn anything between eight to $18,000 a month. I mean, I'm not talking, that's after taxes. I mean, that's a fair salary. You can live on that, couldn't you? You get by, at least you get by on that. And I mean, God was blessing. We had everything we wanted. I mean, all our bills were paid. I mean, God was blessing financially. And in the natural, it was crazy for us to even think about the ministry. But that thing was eating away at me all the time. I mean, just chewing away at me all the time. And so I just said this one morning, I prayed this prayer. I said, all right, God. I said, obviously, I've been deceived all this time. I mean, I'm, I've missed it. You haven't called me into the full-time ministry. You haven't called me to be an evangelist. I mean, look at our financial situation and look how you're blessing us financially. You've called us to, you know, make money and, and give it into the gospel. And so I said, I'm going to just forget about this call of God on my life, just quit it. Pretend that I never, ever was called and I'm going to go ahead and do everything I can to put my whole very being into our business and make lots more money and just give it into the gospel. That sounds real holy, doesn't it? I prayed that prayer, and when I finished praying, I felt happy. I thought, oh, this is great, man. Yes, now I find direction for my life, you know. I mean, how dumb can I get and still breathe? All this time thinking I'm an evangelist, going to be an evangelist, and I never was, man. I was just going to make money for the gospel. And how, I mean, how can you miss it that badly? This is now on the, on the Monday or the Tuesday morning. The Wednesday night, we're in the meeting, in my brother Rodney's meeting. And uh, I'd already been touched in that meeting. And my wife went to the back of the auditorium with our children. And I followed her back. I said, honey, why don't you go, why don't you go down front and, you know, get prayed for. Now, Rodney had said through that week, he said, if tonight is not your night, make tomorrow night your night. If tomorrow night's not your night, make Thursday night your night. And so we went on. And she said, no, tonight's not my night, but tomorrow night will be my night. I said, honey, tonight is a good night, you know. <laughs> Why don't you just go up there? I'll look after the kids. You go, go and get prayed for. No, tomorrow night's my night. Just about then, the pastor of the church says, Basil and Ann, come here. I said, honey, I told you you should have gone. <laughs> now I've got to go too. You've got to understand at that time I was still in the very much of reserved mode. I was still very reserved. That was before God really touched me like he did in 93. But the pastor called us out and got us on the platform and said, God gave me a word for you and this is it. And he started prophesying over us that we were called uh, to follow my brother Rodney's footsteps. We were called from nation to nation and about the evangelism and I mean about everything, everything that had been prophesied into our lives up until that point, God just did it again. I mean, before I even hit the floor, I repented. 
I wasn't going to hit the floor without repenting. On the way down, I said, Jesus, please forgive me. I said, you have called me the evangelist and that other can of worms. I don't even want it in my head any longer. Fell on the floor. We were down there for quite a while and got up. And now we had received this prophecy that God had now called us. I mean, just confirmed what God had done in our hearts and lives over all this time. Now I was excited again. But you know what? The next morning I woke up and there was that burning sensation again. I'm going like, Jesus, help me. You know, for one day I had never had this burning sensation. Now I'm back to that same thing again. And still I don't see anything. I mean, you know, I've got this wonderful prophecy, but still I don't see anything happening. And so what we did was we just carried on working, carried on doing what we were doing. One thing about a prophecy, and listen to this carefully, so many people are running after a prophecy to base their life on. You cannot base and live your life on a prophecy. What are you going to do if that person that gave you a prophecy, the cabbage that he ate the night before wasn't too good for him? What are you going to do with that prophecy? It's like people get, you know, get in the church and, and a guy calls them out, come here. God said that I've called you to the Chinese and before the person's even finished, the guy's packing up and he's running off and selling everything and, and getting on the plane and next thing there is in China at the airport saying, all right, God, where do you want us to go? And God says, if you had just sat down and listened to what I was wanting to say, I wanted you to go to the Chinese family two doors down the way from you. Well, you better learn how to speak Chinese and eat that Chinese food real fast because you got yourself in a hole and you're going to have to get yourself out of it. Don't run around and start looking for prophecies. God uses us in that area sometimes and when he does, I can feel many times people start to draw on your spirit. It's like, okay, brother, you've given out some prophecies, now give me one too. And when I start feeling that, I quit. I just hang it up, quit straight away, get in the Word and preach. Because I'm not going to be under any pressure to perform anything. I'm not going to be put under any pressure to say anything to anybody. If it's not by the Spirit, I'd rather shut up and not say it at all. Because when I speak it by the Spirit, I want it to be powerful, and it must go right down into their heart, and they must know that this is God speaking. The call of God and the timing of God is so important. Don't run after prophecies. Don't look. If God's got a word for you, he'll give you one. In actual fact, let me say something he has already. He has his word. You want a word from God? Open up his word and begin to read it. Begin to read it. Begin to read that word. People say, I want a prophecy. I want a word from God. Well, what are you doing with God's word? What are you doing with the Bible right now? Are you doing anything with it? Because if you're not doing anything with the word that God's already given you, what are you going to do with a prophecy? Really nothing. Not going to do anything with a prophecy. So don't go after prophecies. Find out what God, I mean, God can speak to your heart. You know that. God can give you direction. Find out what God's plan, what's God's purpose in your heart and life. And then find out the right timing. And when God opens the door and you step through it, it's going to be like you've died and gone to heaven. I'm not saying that everything is going to just run smoothly because there are going to be bumps. There are going to be some trials and tribulations. But I tell you now, if you are in the right place at the right time, God will take you right through it. And you'll come out the other side more victorious than what you've ever been. Amen. 
So be faithful in what God's called you to do. Be faithful in where you find yourself right now. And God's going to begin to open the doors and move you out. And great things and wonders, signs and wonders are going to take place. Amen. Hallelujah. It's so important to find out exactly where God's got you or exactly what God's got for you. And I believe through this week, God's going to speak to the hearts and lives of people. We're going to get direction in our hearts and lives and do what God wants us to do. Amen. Not what man tells us to do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You get something out of that this morning? If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Take out the hardened heart and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I am ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival Podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.